I'm excited to have our next guest here on Couch Conversations. He's 11-time Pro Bowler, the only Cincinnati Bengal in the NFL. Well, not the NFL, but the Pro Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> Sometimes I get that confused. And uh, even more importantly, he's impacting thousands of people's lives, uh, including my own. Please help us welcome our next guest, Anthony Munoz. Justin, how you doing? It's good to be with you. Good. It's been a long time. Thank you for coming. Well, it has been a long time. And uh, when I got the invite, I got to do this. I got to do this with one of our guys. Thank you. How have you been? Doing well. Busy. Things are getting busier. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's one of those things between the foundation and the Hall of Fame and, you know, just a lot of grandkids. So, you know, a lot keeping me busy. And, you know, I got to get out and play a little golf, too. So, yeah. so doing yeah. good, doing good. All right. So before we really dive into, into your career and what you're doing now with the yeah. foundation, what's your thoughts on the Cincinnati Bengals? You know, we just won the AFC yeah. Championship. We went to the Super Bowl. Uh, what's your thoughts on the future of the team and kind of where they're at now? Well, first of all, they were so much fun to watch last year. You yeah. Know, with the young guys, Joe Burrow and Chase, and, you know, it, just, it was just so much fun. And uh, that run was amazing. I don't think many people predicted we'd end up in L.A., but it was fun. It was fun to end up in L.A. and go to the game, watch them in the Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, I'm really impressed what they're doing. You know, the, the main thing about it, you get to a Super Bowl and uh, teams wait to see what's going on, but not the Bengals, man. Right away, they saw a weakness. Uh, they saw that Joe was getting hit too much. And they went out and signed three linemen, three really good linemen. So to me, that is saying they're going in the right direction. You know, they didn't hold off and, you know, see what was left at the end of free agency. They addressed it early on. So that gave them the opportunity to really go into the draft and not have to draft a need, I mean, a big need, right. more, uh, more depth. And, uh, and they got some pretty good uh, players. So I've been really impressed with, again, right after the Super Bowl, how they attacked the free agent market and what they've done in the, in the draft. Awesome. I mean, I love the defensive player players that they yeah. drafted, you know. Yeah. get Let's get the ball back as quick as possible to the yeah. offense, you know. It makes sense because our offense is, you know, going to dominate, I think. I agree. I think we have so many weapons. And the fact that we, you know, we're so, trying to solidify that offensive line, now that mm -hmm. uh, that creates even more problems, you know. And, yeah. and not only with the, the passing game, you know, we lose uh, Uzama, we get Hurst. But uh, let's utilize Joe Mixon. He's, he's a pretty good oh, running yeah. back. So yep. let's, let's get to a point that we can run the ball when we want to, not when we have to, but when we want to. If we want to pound people and run the football and then throw the ball, that's great. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. Awesome. I agree, man. So what was this last Super Bowl? You got to attend the Super Bowl. Yeah. What was that experience like? Because the last time Cincinnati was in the Super Bowl, you were out there playing on the field. Well, it was it was really exciting. You know, I told my wife, I said, I thought I retired, you know, a long time ago because, you know, really the interview uh, requests and stuff it was really quite a bit in which, you know, I enjoyed doing it. I, I, I told my wife, I said, if I'd love to do this every year if the, if the Super, you know, if the Super Bowl is there uh, for the Bengals. But uh, it was exciting because, you know, our team was the last one to go to the Super Bowl. So there was a lot of talk about, you know, not only the Super Bowl, but really the playoffs initially. You know, mm -hmm. because this was the first team to win a Super Bowl or uh, win a, a playoff game. And, uh, you know, it's been a long time since we had won a playoff game because <laughs> I was playing. And, uh, but not only to win one, they won three. I mean, you know, they, they won. The, so it was exciting for a lot of us former players because we got to, to, got to talk to, about them a lot more, you know, on the media side of it. Uh, so, uh, like I said, if it means uh, doing a lot of interviews in the postseason because the Bengals are in the playoffs and doing well, I'm all for it. So, 
you just attended, did you go to the NFL draft? I did not. I, I was out there, but I didn't have any responsibilities. Uh, we've, uh, me and a couple of Hall of Famers, Daryl Green and Aeneas Williams, have been doing a, a youth program across the country like the last seven years. Okay. And we actually did two or three youth summits uh, in Vegas, uh, in Reno. So we were out there and saw Great. all the craziness with all the people out there, but I did not really participate in the draft itself. A couple of weeks ago, we had Charles Johnson on. I'm not sh sure if you're familiar with him. He's local to the Northern Kentucky area, played football at Lloyd High School. He just came on the podcast, and he was speaking about how he didn't even play, you know, high school football until he was a junior in high school. They talked him into it, and then he ended up going to the Vikings, right. you know, Green Bay. He spoke about, you know, the draft and what that felt like to be drafted. Yeah. I know it's a lot different than you were when yeah. you were drafted. Now yeah. it's like televised and all these crazy events going on. What was it like hearing your name get called at the NFL draft? You know, I do remember Charles, uh, you know, playing and watching him in the league. Uh, you know, it, it was a lot different. Uh, in fact, the crazy thing about it, and you mentioned mm -hmm. the television, you know, being televised and the big production. The year in this, I mean, I came out a long time ago now, Justin, but that was the first year that ESPN no carried the draft, uh, 1980. But they didn't have all the videos and they didn't fly guys into the site. Uh, but it was the first year they televised the draft. Uh, you know, I, I forget, it was a lot of the guys that, uh, you know, were just starting out with ESPN. But basically, uh, you know, my wife and I were in our one-bedroom apartment there at the campus at USC waiting for a hopeful call. Because, for, you know, a lot of guys uh, are expecting to be drafted. Uh, you know, for me, I wasn't sure. You know, before my senior year, I was projecting the top five. Uh, then I got hurt in the first game my senior year, and that was my third knee operation in four years. So, uh, you know, I missed the entire season. I did rehabilitate and play in the Rose Bowl. But again, it was like from the top five pick to maybe a free agent, and a lot of the experts said wow. probably wouldn't even play in the NFL because of the injuries. But from January until April, uh, when I when the draft took place, I just busted it and you know got in the best shape possible. Uh, and you know we didn't have just one combine back there; we had like four or five combines. We had like Dallas and New York and Philadelphia and L.A. So, uh, you know, I was always the last guy coming out of the medical examination because of all the, the knee operations. But then the draft rolled around, and like I said, didn't know if I was even going to be drafted. So um, my expectation was just try to get to a camp however I could. Free agent, maybe a late-round pick. And, of course, uh, the Bengals with the third pick in the entire draft decided to draft me. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, my guys there at USC used to give me a hard time because for four years... I went through all the summer camp and all the spring practice. But like my freshman year, I got hurt seven games in the season. My junior <laughs> year, I get hit, hurt seven games in the season. And like I just said, I missed my entire senior year. So I guess the Bengals saw something there. And, uh, and really, I'm sure there was some concern with the injuries, but uh, decided uh, not only to draft me, but with the third pick in the first round. And so I was thankful. And, of course, the rest is history. So there was no communication with the Bengals during that period? Of there really life? was. Um, they had just hired Forrest Gregg as their head coach. Okay. Um, they were one of the teams that flew me into Cincinnati. Of course, uh, there was other teams that flew me into their city after the combine. Okay. But the Bengals flew me here. They, again, examined me, examined me. And then uh, Forrest Gregg actually came out and worked me out for about two hours uh, there on the practice field at USC. But even with that, you know, I wasn't sure. I mean, they were... Uh, they were paying a little more attention than most teams were. 
Uh, and but uh, again, the third pick in the draft and not having played uh, my entire season, I, I would you know I'd like to say man I was very uh, optimistic that they were going to draft me, but I really didn't know. Uh, but the fact that they did come out and work me out, I guess that was. Uh, that was a positive thing, and I guess it, it worked out well. I guess the, <laughs> sure I guess the examination <laughs> for them flying me in and Forrest Gregg putting me through a two-hour workout really showed that uh, I was capable of uh, continuing to play. Okay. Do you have any favorite opponents, uh, you know, that you faced off against in the NFL? Not – I mean, really, every Sunday to me was a challenge, and that was a challenge. You know, Sunday was a chance for me to, to be at the top of my game and to win a football game. So, you know, I can say that, you know, Cleveland, you know, our – Back then, you know, I talked to young people and say AFC Central, and they're like, wait, what, what's this? I talk about the Houston Oilers. And, <laughs> you know, that was before, you know, Houston moved to Tennessee and then, the, you know, the Titans of Texas. Right. So all of that. But, you know, it was a great division. You know, we had Pittsburgh, of course. We had the Cleveland Browns before they moved to Baltimore, you know, the original Cleveland Browns and the Houston Oilers. And, and that whole division was a pretty, I mean, pretty competitive division. I mean, Pittsburgh – when I got in the league, they had just come off winning their fourth Super Bowl, so they still wow. had a lot of the steel curtain, a lot of the the great players. Uh, Cleveland Browns were, I mean, they were very talented offensively and defensively, uh, and of course Houston had a you know a lot of great you know players, Earl Campbell and Warren Moon, and mm -hmm. you know on defense they have Elvin Bethea and Robert Brazil, both Hall of Famers, and so you know it was one of those things that uh, I have to say that not one of the teams was you know. But uh, that whole division was pretty uh, pretty intense. So you had to play your best game every Sunday. And, and it went that way really league-wide. Just wasn't with the teams you played against in your division, but it was all of them. I mean, the Raiders back there, the Cowboys were unbelievable. And, you know, there was teams that continue to be really good. But then there's, you know, teams, you know, Kansas City, even though they weren't the Chiefs of today, mm -hmm. they were always tough defensively. You know, they always had a really good defense. And one of the things that, uh, you know, you, you, we talked about the, the Bengals Super Bowl run was beating them in Kansas City being down because even when I was playing, Kansas City was always a tough place to play, and it, it still is. So the fact that, uh, you know, our Bengals this last year came back from a, a big deficit, deficit yeah. and beat them is just, I mean, that was amazing. Yeah, that was. That was – I was not, you know, I was hoping that they would yeah. win, but I was not betting that they would win. Well, especially I mean, being that's down a tough as team. far as they were, you know, at halftime. It's like, oh, my goodness, they, they've got their work cut out. And then they came out that second half the same way they did during the regular season game against them. The defense just shut them down, and we just scored. So, uh, But it was fun. It was fun to watch. So, oh, yeah. But you're right. I mean, if I was a betting man, there's no way I would have bet that they would have come back that second half. Yeah, McPherson, man. Oh, <laughs> he's one heck of a kicker, ain't he? Yeah, he he, he really is. He you can know, boot it uh, through. He's got the distance. You know, it, it's funny. I was doing a talk show radio. Um, I was kind of, and um, the guy interviewing me referred to uh, Money Mac as the, <laughs> as the best all-time kicker for the Bengals. I said, wait, 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 wait. I said, slow down, my friend. Slow down. Potentially, he has, but when he when he surpasses my friend, the all-time leading scorer, who was nine for nine in overtime, Jim Breach, then you can see say McPherson, McPherson's all-time leading, uh, all-time all best kicker. But right now, I'm going to go with my man number three, Jim Breach, as the all-time leading scorer, and see what happens uh, with McPherson in his career. Here. There you go. There you yeah. go. Either way, they're both Bengals yeah, both for excellent. life. Yep, that's right. All right, what was it like to play in uh, Synergy Field, Riverfront, uh, on that turf? Because that's yeah. a lot yeah. different turf than what they make today. 
Well, lay a, a thin carpet out on the road, and that's what it felt like <laughs> <laughs> playing at old Riverfront uh, Stadium. I, you know, I finished my career, and it was still Riverfront. Never had the synergy, I believe. But um, no, it was the great thing about it is that the fans were so close. And uh, you know, my career started, uh, you know, okay, but then we got in the Super Bowl my second year, and it's funny because I do a lot, as you know, with my foundation, speak right. to a lot of kids. And when it's Q and A, they say, "Don't you? Oh, oh, don't you wish you had played in the jungle?" I said, "Well, let me just give you a little history lesson. The jungle actually started my second year at Riverfront Stadium, and that was a great thing about it, Justin, is that that year uh, we had home field advantage during the playoffs. We played the AFC Championship game there. In fact, both both Super Bowl runs we had the home field advantage. So to play at home in uh, in Riverfront Stadium was amazing because it was packed. Yeah, and and the fan the fans uh, just like we saw in the Raiders game, uh, right." This, it was pretty electric back I was then. there. It was crazy. Oh, it was unbelievable. But uh, And that was a great thing about Riverfront Stadium is that, uh, you know, through my career, our run, it was always packed, and the fans were always wild. I tell people this, this is a great, great sports community. Awesome. The other day I'm driving down the street in northern Kentucky, and I get behind this box truck, and I see you on the back of the truck, and I see Ed – Hanging off the, <laughs> hanging off the truck. Have, have you ever been on the interstate or anywhere uh, and seen these furniture fair box trucks with you on the back of them? You know I have. You know it's furniture fair. I, I see them all the time. But probably the the strangest one is we are driving up from Louisville, on seventy one there, and it's quite a ways from Cincinnati. And I'm driving, right. and I, I kind of nudge my wife. I said, "Who's that guy on the truck?" It was a furniture <laughs> fair truck coming up seventy one because you know they do have a store down in Louisville, and uh, that's. You know, usually I see them in Cincinnati, you know, northern Kentucky, but I've never really seen one down by Louisville, which was, was kind of strange. But, uh, yeah, I just – I still kind of chuckle when I see, you know, myself sitting on that chair and Ed hanging from the, the door there. <laughs> it's fun. That's yeah. funny. I was thinking to myself, this has to be like the longest sponsorship or partnership, whatever you call it. Uh, I mean, you've been doing Furniture Fair commercials yeah. since I was a kid, and the, uh, that was like – so I got, I received, was fortunate enough to receive your straight A scholarship award from the Immunius Foundation. And I remember they came and interviewed me for something one time. And I was like, well, no, I wasn't young enough to see Anthony play, but I had always known him as, you know, a former, former Cincinnati Bengal that had always done the furniture fair commercials. Right, exactly. A lot, of, a lot of young people, there's a furniture guy. <laughs> but yeah, we started that actually the year I retired. So it's been like 29 years that we've wow. been doing that. It's been a great run. Of course, Ed is an amazing guy. You know, a lot of people think we own the furniture company, but it's the <laughs> Daniels family. It's a family-owned. Uh, their parents started it back in six, early 60s. And, okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a great run. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun. We've been able to do stores here in Cincinnati, like I mentioned. Opened a store in Louisville and up in Dayton and stuff. So they've, they've done extremely well. Okay. So after t retirement, you spent some years commentating yep. uh, football games. Um, at what point... Because you could have got into, you could have retired, went into any type of business. At what point did you, uh, the, the light bulb kind of go off and, you know, you, you made you want to create the Anthony Munoz Foundation and, you know, impact other people's lives? Well, that's a great point. So, you know, first of all, going back a little bit, my last seven years playing with the Bengals, I did high school football and radio. So I okay. really enjoyed that. Just came out of, you know, had a gentleman, you know, invite me to come join them. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. And you know how great football is, you know, Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati. Yeah. So I did that, and then when I retired, I had an opportunity. Fox had just gotten the NFL, and so I was hired by Fox the original year. So I did like three or four years. My final job was with ESPN, 
And then the kids, our, our kids went off to college. Our son played college football and our daughter played college basketball. And I understood, you know, your leverage and relevance of being a player and starting a foundation. But, you know, as a husband, as a father, as a member of the Bengals, I didn't have enough time to get involved with the foundation. Mm -hmm. So I got involved with other groups. So, um, so our kids were like sophomores in college. And I'd been, you know, really putting a mission statement together because I knew once they got ready to graduate, I, I pretty much sure I wanted to start a foundation. And I started talking to a lot of my friends that were in the corporate world and putting the mission statement together. So it was their sophomore, junior years in college when I decided, okay, I'm going to start it now. A couple of years, they'll be graduating. They'll be doing their thing. And then I can pretty much put my full time into the foundation. So in 2002, that's when we started the foundation. Actually, this is our 21st year. And uh, wow. so I said, you know what? I'd love to, to use this platform to, to impact young people the way organizations and individuals impact my life growing up in Southern California because we didn't have a whole lot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my mom raised five of us by herself. We never had a car, walked everywhere. But, you know, the Ontario Parks and Recreation and, and coaches and stuff really poured into my life. So that's what I wanted to do with young people in this great community. And so we've established an amazing team. You know, it has my name on the foundation, but uh, just like when I was playing with the Bengals, we can't do it alone. We need a team. And uh, so that was, that's been the fun thing is putting the team together with our staff and interns and board members and our volunteers and, of course, the corporate members that you know, make it uh, possible for us to do things. So uh, it's been a great run, like I said, 21 years. And uh, so we're still going strong. Probably the best, uh, probably the last two and a half years have been the best out of all the 21. Wow. Uh, even going through, you know, COVID and coming out of COVID and, you know, retaining partners and uh, getting new partners uh, back. You know, so it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, so we're still growing strong. And yeah, so that's... Uh, you know, I waited a little bit. I tell people I waited eight years after I retired to start the foundation. Okay. Uh, Can you speak about, because you have scholarship funds in the foundation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have, you know, camps. You have youth yeah. seminars. Uh, you have all kinds of different things, uh, things that are kind of related to your background. Right. Yeah. Um, the golf classic, the Hall of Fame dinner, yeah. you know, all ways that people can get involved to, you know, either donate, uh, you know, financially or donate right. their time yeah. and, um come help the foundation with these events. Uh, can you speak about, you know, some of those yeah, I sure things? can. So first of all, MunozFoundation.org. Okay. That will list all the programs. That will list all the volunteer opportunities. And that will give you an opportunity if you want to donate financially uh, to go on and, and, you know, donate financially. So we have eight programs. Uh, we work from elementary kids all the way through high school seniors like yourself going off to college. Uh, we start, we have a mentoring program where we have uh, K through five. We mentor uh, once a week uh, throughout the whole school year and, and everything we do with our foundation we have programs but we try to build relationships when we try to connect reconnect stay connected with the you know our young people that we work with so we have the mentoring program from k through five they age out at fifth grade so then from uh, fifth to eighth grade we have our unplugged which is basically another mentoring program you know with young people that so we don't want to lose touch with them in middle school so we, we do the same thing, and then we have, so we have our whiz kids, we have our unplugged, and then we have two overnight character camps. We have one in the spring, which is pretty diverse. Uh, actually, we just did that one up in Xenia. It's a three-day camp overnight. We do teach them a little football, but uh, we do character and team-building activities, and 
then we do another one of those similar ones in the in the in the fall, which is 100% Hispanic kids. Okay. So we have those two camps, and uh, as I speak about these programs, every young person that is involved with our programs does not have to pay a penny. So we put them wow. up to camp. We we feed them three times a day. We give them swag. I mean, we give them. They, you know, so we pay for everything. Our mentoring program, we take care of it. Our two camps. Uh, and then we have what we call our youth leadership seminar. It's a one-day event. Uh, we, you know, we're trying to get back to the numbers we once had. COVID kind of took the numbers down. But uh, just like everything else, you reinvent yourself. So we, we've gotten back in person. But prior to that, we just went virtually. And okay. Instead of having 1,500 students at it, we were able to send it out to, you know, three, 4,000 students actually sent the program to my high school in California. Okay. Uh, we had, you know, we did a lot of speakers virtually. So now we're back in person. Uh, it's a full day uh, leadership seminar where we have motivational leadership speakers come in, try to cover pretty diverse uh, topics. And then uh, we have breakout sessions. We have moderators who take the students into breakout sessions and talk about the things they've heard in, with their speakers. And really a lot of times talk about things that you might not talk about in high school. And, you know, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. uh, the last couple of years we've had some, uh, some speakers come in from the Lindner Center of Hope, which is an amazing mental health facility in Cincinnati, and they really address mental health along with other things. Um, and then at the end of the day we have a, a challenge. We have our community service challenge, and the students put together community service projects uh, and we track them, and I pick two winners, and I give them some money to use to, for those projects. That's our leadership seminar. Then we have two types of scholarships. You were one of our recipients for the straight A, and uh, thank God we're back to Jeff Ruby's. Uh, we took a couple <laughs> years off with COVID. In uh, 2022, Jeff and his staff said, come on back. So we had straight A luncheon uh, back there. That was uh, the best. I remember that. I was like, this is the best meal I've ever had in my pretty life. Good. Oh, pretty yeah. good lunch, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're back there, Justin. Uh, we just had it uh, this last month. And that's 18 scholarship recipients, nine male, nine female. Uh, yeah, that's a one-time scholarship. Uh, you bring your most influential teacher, and you know we get to recognize them, but recognize you as a student and everything you've done. Uh, so that's our straight A. And then the summer we have our scholarship fund scholarship, which is a $20,000 scholarship. Okay. Uh, last year uh, was our 20th anniversary, and we had enough to give. Well, I wanted to give 20, and we had enough, but we gave 19, 20,000 dollars scholarships. Wow! For, for seniors going to college. Uh, That's great. And I'd raised enough to give 20. Uh, so this year already, I think we have eight or nine in our pocket that we're going to give out. So that's the scholarship fund. Fun, and then so those are our programs, and then we do like the dinner and golf. We every June we have a dinner at the Manor House, and then the next day we have our golf tournament, like a lot of people do. The only celebrities I fly in are Hall of Famers. So I think mm -hmm. right now I got seven or eight Hall of Famers. We've had as many as 15 come in. And then I utilize all my former teammates and Bengal coaches now. And haven't really started to connect with the present day Bengal players, but in the past we had Whitworth and Huber and right. you know, some of the guys. Uh, and then, you know, um, other guys that are in town. That's our golf tournament. And then this would be our, we're going to our fourth year. I don't know if you're familiar, I'm sure you're with Top Golf. We yep. have a, a Top Golf uh, event. It's uh, the Thursday night that the NFL season kicks off. Okay. And Mo Egger does his talk show from there all three hours. Uh, and uh, last year was pretty cool because it was the 40th anniversary of our Super Bowl 16 team. So there's still quite a few guys uh, that played on that team that are in Cincinnati. So we had them there. And they got to get on radio and talk a little bit about that game. But that's uh, one another one of our fundraisers. We utilize a full bay about – you know, one full level, about 30-plus bays, 
And it just gives you know people a fun time to go there and drive some golf balls, drive some golf balls, eat some good food. <laughs> and we have a few little competitions, some uh, some raffles and stuff. But uh, other than that, that's I mean that's what we do, and it's quite a bit. We have three full time staff. Uh, we have some great local college interns that come on board pretty much year round that get a chance to learn the business. And then I got 17 great board members. I, I talk about the volunteers. So you can go to Munoz Found MunozFoundation.org. And again, like I said, we have listed all our programs, any volunteer opportunities, uh, opportunity to donate financially. Uh, so that's what we do, and uh, I love doing it. This is our 21st year, and we'll continue to do it. See, see how much longer this old guy uh, you know, has in the tank. So, <laughs> do you uh, think that's uh, that kind of leads into my next question? Do you think like uh, that's pretty much it for you? Because you know you're considered one of the best NFL players of all time. Uh, you know, you've won a championship with USC uh, baseball in college, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, you've appeared in films. You you know, you've built this foundation. You do interviews and appearances. Yeah. You know, what is that? Is this kind of what you're doing from here on out, or is there anything new for you? Or yeah, this is what you know. This is really my passion. You know, working with young people. Of course, we have nine grandkids, so they're in sports now. So. You know, my wife and I have a couple of comfortable chairs when we have to go to, you know, lacrosse or baseball or soccer. <laughs> but, you know, uh, basketball gyms, you know, provide the seats. So, but, you know, that's just following them as much as we can, you know, because, uh, as you know, those, those years go by quickly. So, yeah, continuing to do the, the foundation thing. Uh, I love doing interviews. Uh, you know, I still do a lot of promotional stuff. Uh, and then, you know... Uh, there's, uh, I think there's a little announcement coming up here soon in the next couple of weeks of okay. something else I'll be doing. But then I, I enjoy playing golf, so that's a good way for me to get out and, you know, help others raise money and us raise money. And uh, there's times where I've been playing golf with individuals and they, they decide to, to help uh, the foundation financially. So, yeah, I got some of my buddies that I played with and other guys that I've gotten to, to know that we, we golf and stuff. You know, Jim Breaches, you know, we mentioned okay. him earlier. He's an excellent golfer and we, we golf a lot together. And, you know, so, yeah, so, you know, for me, I love just doing a variety of things, and I'll continue to do the things I'm doing now. Okay, cool. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, you know, I love what you're doing with young people. You know, from my experience, I think, you know, your childhood is one of, if not the most important part of your life, because, yeah. you know, some people are better at overcoming adversity than others. You know, we're all human. Yeah. Um, you know, fortunately... Fortunately for me, you know, I just I just had drive in me, you know, it was just instilled in me to like, you know, want to do better and do more, you know. But some people, you know, really struggle with overcoming, you know, things that happened to them in their childhood. So you guys really um, have an impact on people's lives, including myself. Um, do you remember this? Well, we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, there's times we just got to encourage. Oh, wow. That's, here, wait, here, wait, here, wait. I got to. This is this is interesting because um, I got to take a picture because I'll be going to the office and everybody at the office wanted me to say uh, hello to you and I got to take this picture. <laughs> All right. Yep. Still got. Yeah, it. I remember that. That was uh, two thousand dollar wow. check. I think it was uh, wow. was that thirteen years. Yeah, thirteen years. It's hard years to believe ago. it's been thirteen it's years. Crazy. So um, thirteen years ago. Yep, I yeah. remember that. We're still giving those out. Like yep. I said, we just. Uh, you know, we didn't have the lunch in there, but we still gave out the scholarships and we brought them to the dinner in June. Uh, that, like, you know, let's say if you would have gotten it this year, you wouldn't have, and we wouldn't have had the lunch and you would have been at our dinner in June. So 
even though COVID kind of shut us down somewhat, we kept we kept grinding it, man. We kept uh, you know trying to impact young people and and really continue to do the scholarship. So uh, that's cool. you know it's fun for me. I mean, it's been 13 years and. You know, all our students that we work with are special, and it's great to see how well you're doing. And, I appreciate uh, it. Thank I've you. I've been, uh, you know, kept up. Uh, to, uh, it's really cool, I mean, to be in here and to see what you're doing and see how well that you've been doing. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I was showing you this because I wanted to return the check oh, to you oh guys. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate it, and I wow. know that money will go to wow. that, helping someone else. And, that is of course, I'll continue to donate monthly as well. Oh, thank you so but, much, Justin. Yes, Thanks I wanted to do it. I didn't really want to do it on camera, but I want to encourage other people right. to go to MunozFoundation.org. You know, your money is going to a place yeah. where it's actually impacting people's lives. Oh, so. great. Wow. Really appreciate it. We'll keep doing it. So of course, man. Everyone in the comments, <laughs> give it up for Anthony Munoz. Job, Justin. It's good being with you, man. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Oh, man. That's awesome.